Follow Katie Wolf and 360 online at mix1049.com.au. You are listening to Mix 104.9's 360. Now, uh, well, uh, this morning we've spoken a bit more about that situation with the Fanny Bay supermarket and also uh, the beauty parlour in Karama being targeted by groups of youths on the Easter long weekend. Now, joining me in the studio right now is the Minister for Small Business, Paul Kirby. Good morning. Morning, Katie. How are you? Really well. Now, Minister, I did get you on the show as I wanted an update on the situation at the waterfront with takeaway alcohol and also the development at Miley Point. And we will get to those. Um, But as the Minister for Small Business, you must be pretty annoyed that we've got businesses at the moment being targeted by the looks of things by groups of youths. It's heartbreaking, to be honest with you, Katie. The people put their their heart and soul into these businesses. They spend a lot of years getting them up and running and, and their local Darwin families. And, and to see them targeted like this, it is heartbreaking for, for everybody. Um, I know with the IGA, we had some of our staff go and see those guys yesterday. And 24 hours later, they sort of calmed down and feel a little bit bit better about prospects. We've spoken with them about some of the previous uh, Biz Secure grants that they've had and, and what that's done. Some of the alcohol secure grants that we've got available now and, and Biz Secure grants that they're going to be able to get hold of going forward. So we'll work really closely with them and yeah, we're confident that they'll they'll hang in and yeah, yeah but it's just so. a horrible time. You know, because you, like you said, you're talking about businesses who've been operating for such a long time. The likes of Manuel, you know, he's such he's a lovely bloke. You go in there he treats you like you're part of the family when you go in you know to buy a few different things um and the real you know the real worry is that you you lose wonderful people like that um and you lose those wonderful businesses if they if they are targeted too often it is heart-wrenching people put their heart and soul they 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 put a lot of their own finances in to get these businesses up and running there's none of these businesses that run on massive margins so we know from previous discussions that you know it does really really hurt when people are targeted like mm. this so no we're very hopeful to be a, a good help to them we've yeah. we've been around there already and we'll continue to support them and hopefully get some some different measures in place that they can uh, take a hold yeah. of on that um i know that he'd mentioned that they're not able to have a roller door out the front is that something that maybe could be looked at i think my understanding was that through the alcohol secure you have to secure the area that the alcohol is in, I think if you look at the IGA in Larrakia, there is uh, security measures around their alcohol range, but um, the front door is a is a different arrangement. They they may still be able to do that under a biz secure arrangement, and that's why we'll have people from the department go and talk through all of those options so that they understand clearly. I know that they did make some of those inquiries a while ago, but but didn't move forward with it. So so perhaps we'll we'll certainly have people with them, and they they may choose to move forward with some of that now. Yeah, I hope. Well, hopefully they're able to uh, you know to make that business more secure so that we don't have a situation we you know like we saw on the weekend. Now, I do want to ask, though, um, we know obviously there's a story on the front page of the paper today about this Karama business also being targeted. Do you think that the legislative changes proposed by the government that you're part of will make a difference in this space? 
Yeah, I'm sure that they will, Katie. As it is frustrating, we know that there are repeat offenders that do get involved in some of these uh, some of these issues and some of these break-ins. I do really feel for the people of Karama. I know that um, Nari Arkit works extremely hard out there. That they have got security in the complex around the uh, Karama shops. I know that she fronts meetings quite often to make sure that uh, she's getting first-hand information from people. She catches up with security people. She regularly meets with police. I know that she's doing a, a coffee with a cop so people from the vicinity can come in and have a coffee with the police uh, in the very near future so that they can get first-hand information and explain their problems and concerns first-hand. But, yeah, it is disturbing when you see footage like that. Yeah. Well, we are going to try and get uh, Nairi Arkid on the show as well because I know that she is copying a bit of criticism from our listeners, um, you know, about some of the situations that they're seeing in Karama at the moment. I do want to ask, um, you know, obviously with some of these concerns for small businesses when it comes to um, to crime, I mean, it's gr- it is great that the government's got things like Biz Secure and different ways that people can sup- secure their businesses. But it's a, I mean, it's a bit bloody rich that we've got a situation where people actually have to do that. And, and, you know, we've still got then kids that are out on the street doing the wrong thing. Yeah, I understand people's concerns and it is disappointing if people have been uh, known to the system. We've put a range of things in place from from extra police in in the top end, extra Larrakia ranges. We've worked really closely with the, uh, with the Darwin City Council or City of Darwin to make sure that lighting and activation through spaces means that uh, that people aren't as willing to, um, to stay in places that are dark um, hidey holes through the town um, up and down the track you know with extra police coming on we're really hopeful that with these legislative changes it will make sure that that things do decrease into the future it's it's never a space that you're finished with with crime particularly in the northern territory you're always looking at the next thing that you're doing and certainly these legislative changes will be the next big thing for us to try and make sure we do curb some of those influences and do you reckon they're going to pass in may um We'll have to consider um, the the body of people that write up this legislation are extremely busy. They've got a lot on their plate. So if the legislation comes in and it's in a position that it can be enacted quickly, then that'll be a decision for, for Cabinet and caucus. And if uh, if it's not in a position where we still need to take extra consideration, then that, that'll have to happen. I know that we spent a big deal of time in, in 2016 to 2020 um, writing some of the legislation or rewriting some of the legislation from the previous administration just because it was poorly done and it took a long time to to correct some of those wrongs. So if you get it wrong, it takes a long time to fix it up. Now, um, Minister, I do want to ask about the government's announcement yesterday of two new commissioners to lead the work which needs to be undertaken as a result of the recommendations which were handed down by the Territory Economic Reconstruction Commission. Uh, The opposition leader, Leah Finocchiaro, very critical of the fact that there's two commissioners um, and, and quite a bit of other stuff as well, but I'll stick with the fact that there's two. Why is there two? Well, just because of the gravity of the work that they've got to do, Katie. From my experience in the resources sector, uh, very shortly after coming into that role, Drew Wagner explained to me, look, we do have four or five major projects on the horizon, but there's another dozen behind those that'll be, it will start to shore up some security for Territorians long term. We, we've always been behest of this boom and bust uh, of the impacts types of cycles. We've, we've seen some great announcements recently and there'll be 
more into the future. But that is a full-time role for somebody to, to make sure that those projects can keep rolling uh, and, and keep being uh, worked through in, in the space and time that they need to be worked through. Attracting brand new projects and brand new investment into the Northern Territory is completely different again. Post-pandemic, money won't circulate the globe. That investment money for a while, it sounds like, even today, they're, they're talking up uh, America and how well their economy is, is looking into the future. So there will be investment money that floats around, but that will be a full-time job for somebody to attract that dollars to the Northern Territory. A lot of people asking um, this morning why we're going to be, you know, why we're going to be uh, employing two new people at, well, let's make a guess at more than $200,000 a year. Um, you know, when we've already got a public service that, that has plenty of experienced people in there, why couldn't one of them do the job? From my experience, particularly if I use a resources sector, because that's an easy one to explain, to have the same people that are travelling overseas or, or doing those face-to-face conversations with people People to uh, uh, to bring their investment here, or to work through those um, long-term mining plans. It's very difficult to step out of that space and then into the operational space. And in a small jurisdiction like Darwin, they have been the same people. Now, what we're saying is, we're in a time and space now that they can't be. That it needs to be somebody that's really focused on bringing that overarching uh, in, uh, investment into the Northern Territory and getting those major projects off the ground. Hey, I want to ask you about the waterfront. I know that down there at the waterfront, we. We'd spoken to uh, to them uh, late last week about the fact that uh, those takeaway licences or the takeaway alcohol. So, i.e., if you go down and enjoy a meal down there uh, while the kids have a bit of a, sw- a swim in the uh, in the lagoon area, you're no longer going to be able to get a takeaway cocktail. I mean. Why is this happening? It seems like we're targeting the wrong things here, Kurt. Uh, that, that was something that changed at very short notice. We knew that those emergency powers would change at some stage, uh, but there was a third party that put in um, a bit of a discrepancy. That meant that the Director of Liquor Licensing had to get some legal advice. Once he had legal advice, he had to make a decision on it straight away. Um, so that's why uh, that capacity to serve takeaway alcohol in that vicinity got removed very, very quickly. What we have done in that short time is, is spoken and I was talking with Sam Burke, the, the CEO of the Waterfront Corporation very recently and we've spoken uh, with the Director of Liquor Licensing last week. Um, we're hopeful that that we will be able to get those licensees from down there to put a joint application in for a caterer's uh, authorisation to allow them to serve takeaway alcohol in that area that they cater for. And it'll be the same type of things that we try to do for Spain Place and Austin Lane and, and people that run those businesses in that vicinity that we want to start to try and attract people to sit outside in this beautiful weather uh, and have a quiet drink while they're having a meal. How soon do you reckon that could be re-implemented? Well, if we're getting, uh, I think it needs to be advertised for 14 days so if we can get that application in then it will depend on how quick the director can assess that but he's given us a commitment that he'll uh, he'll move heaven and earth to get that done as quickly as he can. So it sounds as though it is going to be a situation where we can go back to enjoying a cocktail down at the waterfront. We're very hopeful that we'll have the kids down there having a swim and we'll be able to have a sangria down there very shortly. Always responsibly of course. Always um, responsibly. I do want to ask you before I let you go uh, for a bit of an update on the situation at the Miley Point 
point. I know that uh, it's a playground, isn't it? It is certainly uh, a playground. There'll be things for um, mature age kids to be able to do, but also I'm very much looking forward to taking Layla down there uh, and enjoying that when it opens. We're hopeful that um, they have had a hard time with a lot of asbestos on that site. So we're hopeful that in the coming weeks we'll be able to actually explain the exact date to people of, of when it's going to be open, but it's going to be a beautiful space. There's plenty of shade there, uh, some nice structures and beautiful play equipment for kids to be able to play on. So not too far off? Not too far away, so that'll certainly be open for the dry season. Awesome. Well, Paul Kirby, the Minister for Small Business, unfortunately we've run out of time. Thank you so very much for coming in this morning. Thanks a lot, Katie. Cheers.